Episode 28, packing it up. Kevin Hurd, Marcus Wiegert. It's draft season. It's always draft season, though. We enjoy the draft as much as anyone. We're sitting here March 28th, about 10 p.m. Uh, episode 28. Marcus, how are we feeling? Feeling like A.J. Dillon. A.J. D- Basil Mitchell for the, you know, Basil Mitchell. number I believe, 28. I believe I actually have a Basil Mitchell uh, card on my uh, bar top that I just showed you. So there you go. New bar new bar top coming to the Packing It Up pub. We'll yeah. uh, check your IDs at the door. Official uh, draft party location for the uh, Green Bay Packers. That's such a great segue into where we're going for this episode. But before maybe we get there, it is March Madness. And the last pod was kind of dedicated to March Madness, considering everything that went on. But a little bit extra madness had to follow. So obviously the big news, we can all kind of relax after the initial shock. But the Green Bay Packers no longer have Devontae Adams. No, sir. The right move. Time to move on. Couldn't come to negotiations. We're never close. I texted you and you said, wow, just in shock. And I told you to grow up. And you said, well, I can be in shock, even though I knew it was coming. But you got to move on. And uh, happy for Devontae. Happy for the pack. You want to talk about the most excited I've been for a Packers draft? Think about the opportunity where we could even trade back and just keep acquiring picks. Hey, you're stealing my thunder here. We'll get to that in a second. But, yeah, I can be shocked, even though I believe that they weren't going to bring him back. I mean, it's kind of funny that everybody talks about this whole last dance stuff and they thought it was Rogers, but really it was Devante. You know, you read between the lines and hear the stories, whether it's true, whether it's not, you kind of trust beat writers and media people to do their jobs. But kind of like you said, it sounds like he didn't really want to be in green Bay. The Packers offered more money. They felt like they communicated clearly with them. And he wanted to go play for the Raiders, which was kind of a childhood dream and wanted to go play with his buddy, Derek Carr. So obviously that leaves a hole in the Packers offense, which we'll discuss kind of how that'll be filled maybe moving forward, but just quickly, what do you, what do you think that does for the Las Vegas Raiders? I mean, makes them a contender. Obviously that uh, AFC West is by far the best league or best division in the league. What just crazy movement going on there with Devante and Von Miller out, Randy Gregory in, Russell Wilson in, Tyreek Hill out. The Chargers made a ton of moves as well, uh, Khalil Mack. So, yeah, I mean, awesome for uh, for Vegas. They really got a lot of pieces. That offense is uh, really potent. I think Derek Carr has been one of the most underrated quarterbacks in the league next to Matthew Stafford for a lot of years. Dude's tough as nails, doesn't get a lot of credit. And uh, it'll be fun to see those guys ball out this year. Yeah, luckily the Packers are – the AFC West is not on their schedule rotation this year because I think there's there's no easy wins there, certainly maybe that there was in years past. I mean, you kind of mentioned it already, and, and we'll kind of tie it in just a little bit to how we're going here. But people in the NFL, fans, execs, people who runs teams, sign guys – you know, they're always interested in kind of where the market's at, especially for players. And you just kind of mentioned that Tyreek Hill. So we'll just talk about him and Devontae Adams. You know, it was important maybe to Devontae that he was kind of the highest paid receiver. And that lasted about two days, maybe three days, somewhere in there. Uh, Tyreek Hill being traded for five draft picks and then turning around and signing 
you know, the biggest uh, wide receiver contract in NFL history. So just thoughts on that. Obviously he's going to Miami. They got a lot of skill guys there, but for me, it's always interesting to kind of see where the market's set at and, and how these people time their deals based on what other guys are getting. Yeah, I think it's an interesting uh, offense that Mike McDaniel's building. Uh, they signed Alec Ingold, former Raider, Bayport alum, Tyree Kill, who's, I mean, basically you get, you know, they were going against the Jets, it sounded like, and obviously they didn't want the Jets to have them in, on, on their side of the division. But yeah, I mean, it's, you know, did they probably over, overpay for him in, in many ways? Yeah. You look at it with Devontae, did the Packers get enough? I think they did. But Terry Kill is the fastest human being in the NFL and obviously a game changer. And when I listened to a podcast, uh, Move the Sticks today, you know, they talked about how much better Terry Kill made Kelsey. And just by stretching the field and how different that offense will be in Kansas City. So um, biggest challenge there, I think, is Tua. I mean, is he a legit quarterback? Can he throw the deep ball? We'll see. But a uh, good move for Miami. Obviously, they've really kind of flipped things around instantly with all the turmoil they had with Brian Flores and nearly being a playoff team and all that mess that's going on there. Yeah, it's just quite interesting to see what directions teams are trying to go to build their team. There's certainly a lot of ways to do it. Uh, but another kind of more controversial topic, a way to you know build your team, and we'll kind of circle back to the Packers here at the end here, but uh, Deshaun Watson, you know, speaking of market setting deal, he goes out and gets traded. There's obviously a lot of rumors, information circling around with what his, you know, future is going to be, particularly near future. You know, he's getting the most guaranteed money ever in a contract. I'm sure Kirk Cousins is jealous somewhere for all the money he's taken from the Minnesota Vikings. But Deshaun Watson gets traded to the Browns for the most guaranteed money ever, $230 million. Uh, basically, the whole deal is guaranteed. It's just one way to build your team, you know, trading for a franchise guy. Yeah, and it's a good way to piss off your starting quarterback. So it'll be interesting to see if Baker Mayfield gets moved. Um, I mean, I'm assuming they have to, but I don't know who wants him at this point. Seattle obviously being a, a potential suitor, but I don't really know if there's anybody else out there that wants a quarterback. Maybe Carolina? So I don't know. I, I was actually surprised being that, as you mentioned, we're uh, recording this on Monday, March 28th, and this is about the first day in two, two and a half weeks where there hasn't been just a drop of, NFL bombshell news throughout the day. So um, that'll be kind of interesting to monitor um, up until the draft in the coming weeks. Yeah, I mean, what do you, what do you think's the situation for Baker Mayfield? Like, is he going to get traded to, you know, you're hearing a lot of Seattle steam, you know, some people think he should sit out and be a backup somewhere. I mean, it, it's just so hard to know with guys. I mean, at, at certain point, cause he played hurt a lot of the time last year. I feel like he got a little bit of a bad rap. Yeah, everybody compares them, obviously, which I think is valid to Favre in a lot of the ways that he played in college and played in the NFL. And, yeah, it's like he almost hurt himself by playing hurt as much as he did, but kind of felt that, uh, I don't know, it was a bizarre situation with the whole Odell thing and everything. But, yeah, I mean, I don't know who wants him at this point. Like, it's interesting with Seattle because it doesn't seem like they're really under any pressure to make a move for a veteran QB. They feel like maybe they can just roll with Locke. I have to assume that I really think that they might try to trade up in this draft, take lock for a year, figure it out. But I don't know. Yeah. I mean, Baker, it's interesting. I think the guy's got something there, but again, it's like, it's like so many of these guys in the NFL right now, you look at Baker Mayfield, you look at 
Daniel Jones, you look at Jimmy Garoppolo, Tua Tungavaloa, all these guys, like, they'll play well for two weeks in a row, and then for two weeks they just look like, what the hell are they a starting quarterback in the NFL for? So, I don't know, man. What do, what do you think? I just think the NFL truly is the only league probably in American sports where they go on a year-by-year basis. I mean, I suppose in baseball, if you spend a lot of money, you can really change your team, but we're kind of seeing that trend in, in the MLB of teams kind of not doing that, just kind of sitting on what they got, and especially if you're not trying to compete. But the NFL, you can go out and you can spend a lot of money and you can really change your team. You know, you think about the Jacksonville Jaguars, they spent the most money this offseason. And I've, I think I might have to get the stat crew on this, but every single team in the past five off seasons that has spent the most money has increased their win total by four. So, I mean, it really is, you know, on a year by year basis. And for these guys in certain positions, whether it's injury, whether it's coaching change, scheme change, some of these guys can go from having really productive careers to being out on the street and not play. So, you know, for Baker Mayfield, you know, he, he had a good run there where he was solid and there was talks about the Browns being contenders and now he's looking for a job. So it, it's just, it really is crazy for these guys. Uh, I just feel like there's no real job security ever anymore. Uh, the, I think the, the Favre passing it off to Rogers days, that's probably the only time that that might happen ever again, but we'll see maybe with Jordan love, who knows, we had to get a Jordan love, you know, promo in there a little bit and sneak it in there. There you go. Uh, but it's just very rare in the NFL now to kind of have that go on. So, um, yeah, we'll kind of see how it goes. Always always a busy, crazy time in the NFL. So kind of circling back to the Packers, you know, we mentioned the Devontae Adams trade. Packers get the Raiders uh, first and second round picks in this year's draft. So kind of after that move was made, you know, another uh, chain of moves kind of followed after that. Rasul Douglas, fan favorite, back with the pack. Three years, $21 million. You know, the cap hit, which everybody wants to know. Uh, the first year is less than $3.5 million. Keep it simple. Like it? Love it? Hate it? Love it. I wouldn't have been mad. Um, you know, is it, is it that flavor of the, of the year type deal? I mean, was he just really elite? And, you know, now it, he comes back to reality this year. But... I mean, yeah, it's it's interesting. I mean, you look at Devontae, and that's where I think a lot of Packer fans, the uh, the true ones, you know, like the ones that listen to this podcast, understand that when you move him, all of a sudden you got some money to re-sign Bobby Tunyon and Rasul Douglas, and obviously Devontae Cam- Campbell was already done. But, um, yeah, I mean, that defensive backfield, knock on wood here, as long as they stay healthy, is about as strong as – I don't know. I mean, we're talking since obviously the Charles Woodson days. I was going to say any team in the NFL are the words you're looking for. Um, yeah, I guess you could say that hundred percent. I mean, it's, it's got, you know, I think they're working on the depth part, but you talk about Stokes, Jair, Rasul, hopefully they get our guy, Kevin King back. Um Savage, Amos, I think they'll draft a few guys at some point, obviously, because um, I need the depth. But, yeah, it, you're right. It's it's one of the best in the league. Probably the most underrated signing, which if you're a football fan, you'll love it. 
if you're a person who doesn't listen to this podcast, you'll have no idea what's going on and that's okay. But Jaron Reed, defensive tackle, you know, former Seattle Seahawks played on the Kansas city chiefs last year, just a guy that has a good motor, wants to get out, wants to play football, doesn't seem to give up on plays. I mean, we've been talking about getting Kenny Clark some help. I think this is a great start. And let me not forget uh, Kashawn Nixon from the Raiders. Uh, they did get a little cornerback depth there. Who, who knows how much he'll play um, on the defensive side. But, again, a big special teams guy for uh, Rich Basaccia, who we gave a lot of love to the last time we were on here. So, I mean, between Nixon and Reed, um, and then your, your guy you'll probably talk about here, seeing that we just got past uh, St. Paddy's Day, Mr. Pat O'Donnell. Um, I mean, it's honestly with the limited amount of money, I mean, Goot, Russ Ball, they've done miracles on me. I'll tell you that, man. Yeah, I mean, it's a shame that we no longer have, you know, Bojo on the roster because, you know, he was kind of our claim to fame. You know, we, we called that trade, you know, way back when. But, yeah, Pat O'Donnell seems to be a solid addition for whatever reason. They just kind of saw what Bojo brought and decided to go in a different direction. So, but emphasis a little bit on special teams, but you know, the, the Nixon signing, I think gives them another corner, like you mentioned, but also, you know, there's some history there. So at least I think they're approaching it in a logical way. Let's get some guys with the experience with the coach we have, you know, plug up a need, maybe coach them up and we'll just kind of go from there. So, I mean, so far so good uh, with Packers that they're bringing in. So as far as Packers going out, uh, I mean, Got to go to the Minnesota Vikings. It's like- yeah, let me let me run through that list here. So Billy Turner obviously was released, going to Denver, um, MVS, Kansas City Chiefs, ESB and Lucas Patrick to the Bears, Zadarius Smith and Shannon Sullivan to the Vikings, like you were about to mention, and Oren Burks to the 49ers so far. Out of all of those, what was your biggest surprise in terms of he went there and for that? Wow, that's a great question. I mean, I think that it's got to be MVS. And, you know, we touched on it already, but, you know, you talk about the Jacksonville Jaguars spending the amount of money that they did on Christian Kirk from the Arizona Cardinals. And once that deal kind of went down, I figured, well, MVS is probably gone. Uh, You know, you're a lot of these teams are paying, you know, you talk about the LA Rams and their draft kind of strategy, right? They're trading away all these first round picks, but when they pick guys in the later rounds, they really look for specific tools. You know, and I, I think MVS is kind of one of those guys. Obviously, he brings speed. So Kansas City looked at what they lost. Tyreek Hill, fastest player in the NFL, gains a lot of separation. I'm guessing they're going to kind of mold MVS into a guy that who's not Tyreek Hill, right? Not directly comparing the two, but just a guy that can run down the field and hopefully get some separation and catch some deep passes and give you that vertical threat. So, but the money that he got, I was certainly surprised. I was surprised at the money that he signed for with the chiefs. I thought he potentially could have got more based on what Tyreek Hill got and kind of what others were getting, but um, definitely probably the most surprised to see him go because Rogers talked about having a lot of confidence in him and trying to bring him along. So I think I was surprised at his contract, but also the fact that they didn't try to bring him back. I was going to say Shannon Sullivan to Minnesota just because I felt like, you know, there's obviously a little bit of room there in the defensive backfield, but maybe Green Bay really didn't want him back either. You know, I guess we don't really know that world. 
as much as we think we do. Um, however, we are usually the first to report a lot of breaking news here, so make sure you listen, folks. Um, but, yeah, the MVS thing was interesting. Um, hope he does really well there. I think it's super interesting that, you know, Rodgers made that claim to fame how people came to, came to Green Bay to play with him. And all of a sudden, the two um, most consistent – I don't even know the wording to use, but the guys who've got the most snaps for the last few years, obviously you could throw Cobb in there, but he was gone for a few years. Um, you know, neither of those guys, I would have thought MVS would have taken less for a year to just have that relationship be a little bit, even more of an impact um, on the field. But um, yeah, good for him. And uh, I guess out of these guys remaining that are still kind of out there that were our property, Kevin King, fan favorite, uh, Dennis Kelly, Whitney Merciless, and Tyler Lancaster. Do you see any of them coming back, or is that all a foregone conclusion with those guys? I see Tyler Lancaster potentially coming back after the draft. You know, we'll touch on the draft in a second, but uh, pretty solid draft for edge guys. So whether that's, you know, a defensive end in the 3-4, kind of what the Packers run, or, you know, guys that can potentially get after the passer on the outside, you know, as the Darius Smith type, you know, they say it's a pretty good draft for that. So um, I could see Tyler Lancaster kind of after the draft sorts itself out, but otherwise, you know, those other guys, I really, uh, I think those guys were going to stop gap guys. I know Aaron Rodgers loved having Whitney Merciless back. He obviously, I don't know what he did to come back for the playoffs, but uh, you know, the guy, the guy, uh, I don't know who he was getting his medical advice from but <laughs> back and, and, you know, did his thing and was ready for the playoffs, uh, which was surprising. But, you know, I know Roger spoke highly of him, but it sounds like that he was just kind of a stopgap guy. And I, I could, I could certainly see him coming back, but if I had to put some money on it, it would be Tyler Lancaster. Very good. So well, let's talk some draft now. I, I love talking some drafts. We're huge draft guys. We love the draft. It's a great time of year. Uh, a lot of thoughts are going to be going on. A lot of rumors, speculations. That's kind of all part of the fun. So, you know, we're going to do some deep dive, kind of more specifics uh, leading up to the draft. But right now, this is just kind of a general overview. So uh, if, what have you heard? Give us some general thoughts about, you know, this draft. Is it a strong draft? You know, is it a weak draft? You know, for people that are just kind of tuning in, uh, we're about a month away from this thing, you know, that haven't really read up on it. Give, give us some of your thoughts. Yeah, I was really locked into college football last season for the first time, basically since um, early college days. Um, started kind of putting some stuff together of guys I liked and just kind of got busy then. Um, so, uh, but I've listened to quite a bit of stuff. And as you mentioned, I think, you know, the D line, the DN situation specifically is a very fruitful part of the draft. Um, offensive tackles, even cornerbacks have at least some, some higher potential with the first round type of guys. Um, but to be honest with you, I really think that the wide receiver core, although it may not have the Jamar chase type of guys, I think it's got a lot of consistency, a lot of guys that will surprise. And um, I mean, the depth there, which again, we need it. Um, there's a lot of other teams that need it as well. So, um, yeah, it's like I said before, I think it's one of the more interesting Packer drafts that we'll see, um, in the last few years. I mean, I wouldn't say that it's a sexy draft. That's kind of, that's kind of my overall synopsis. You know, it's not sexy. Yeah. It's, it's, it's kind of a Marcus Weger draft. You know, it's just, it's not great looking. 
Um, but you know, it's going to show up every single day. It's going to be very consistent. And in the end, you're going to realize it's got a really good heart and, um, you're, you're going to be happy with it. We're, we're keeping, we're keeping that audio. Okay. Yeah. Let's keep it. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that, you know, it, it's like you said, pretty consistent, you know, but positions that are not maybe highly thought of that fans really want to get into, but I also think it, it really is what the Packers need. You know, and I can see the Packers pulling a shrewd move and taking an O-lineman with their first pick when everybody wants a wide receiver. But I think that O-lineman really is a need for them. Uh, but I'm, I'm kind of hearing the same things. You know, as far as it being a strong, weak draft, I, I wouldn't say that it's very top-heavy, but I also would say that there's a lot of depth at positions that really build football teams. You know, defensive line, offensive line, you know, I think people are going to find skilled players that fit what they want to do, but there's not guys that are really super can't miss guys. So uh, I think when teams select players this year, you know, they're, it's really going to be fit for our scheme rather than, Hey, we just can't pass up this guy because of X, Y, and Z. So uh, yeah, it's it's super exciting. You know, I just wrote down some questions here for the draft that make it so intriguing is every year we go into drafts. I shouldn't say every year, but I feel like in the past couple of years, you know, there's always a clear cut number one guy. And this year, I, I've heard five guys at the top. And that always makes it really fun. I mean, what are your, you know, who do you think is going one? Like, like where are you at with it? Yeah, I think, I mean, it's interesting because I listened to, um, you know, specifically Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah, Bucky Brooks. So those guys do a great job day in and day out of covering the draft. Um, but I, all, I honestly think Jacksonville goes offensive tackle, goes with Evan Neal from Alabama. I know a lot of people think Aiden Hutchinson, defensive end, but like, I mean, Lawrence can play. Obviously, last year, you got to kind of write off rookie year, Urban Meyer, that whole thing. If you want a really good read, go read The Athletic and all the stuff that went on in that locker room. Uh, yikes. Um, but I think they'll go Evan Neal to pr protect Lawrence a little more, and then Hutchinson will go two to Detroit. Um, I do think in terms of a quarterback, not that it's a very strong draft, but everything I've seen out of Malik Willis from the Senior Bowl to – the combine, um, the guy's character, um, this dude is out of Liberty, out of Liberty is I think going to be a little better than Josh Allen when it's all said and done, um, in terms of how Josh Allen's playing right now. So I could see the giants taking him at five. They're committed to Daniel Jones. They just signed, signed Tyrod Taylor, um, for some veteran, um, leadership, but I think the new GM in Buffalo, um, and they believe it's Brandon Bean, who was at, um, excuse me, who's at New York Giants, who was in Buffalo. Um, I got a feeling he's going to take a shot there um, and and let a guy sit for a year because Willis could be really good. And then I think if that happens, you'll see Carolina go right after that because you're, as you mentioned before, they're running quarterbacks. Carolina needs a quarterback. You can see them taking Pickett at six. Um, somehow, if Hutchinson goes one to Jacksonville, then I think there's a possibility Malik Willis could maybe go two to Detroit. That's all I got. Yeah, those are some pretty good, you know, quick overview thoughts. I mean, it's early. It seems like, well, we only got a month. You know, it's not too far away. There's so much that's going to happen between now and then. It's it's kind of ridiculous. But, yeah, I mean, I it's it's always quarterback uh, in the first round of the NFL draft. And 
I have heard the same thing about Malik Willis. You know, people are really super high on him. I mean, Mike Tomlin of Pittsburgh has not been shy about saying his thoughts about how much he thinks of him. But uh, yeah, it, it really is. Those are the first dominoes that fall. And I could see exactly a scenario where you're talking about where they go pretty high. I could also see a scenario where they fall and you might see some shuffling maybe in the mid first round, but um, you know, I, I wanted to bring this up because I'm a huge, I'm a huge trade guy. I love trades. You do. You love the trades. I, I love trades, man. It, it's so great because trades, they can go in so many different directions, obviously, but teams can build their teams by, you know, all the moves after it. And it, I, I did some research. Well, well I've, me, I've kind of been thinking that in the off season, you've been trying to trade me. <laughs> well, Clearly the compensation hasn't been good enough yet. So you're still here. Uh, but or, or is nobody calling? <laughs> um, but so think, think about this. And, you know, this is, I, I was trying to look up past drafts that had similar scenarios and I can't find one, at least within the past five years, uh, we can get the research team on this, but I decided to do my own research on it. So here are teams in this year's first round that have multiple first round picks, whether it's two or three. So we have Houston, Detroit, both New York teams, the Giants and the Jets, the Packers, the Chiefs, and Philadelphia. So we have seven teams that have multiple first round picks that, I mean, those teams are usually the ones that control the draft, whether they trade up, whether they move back and then trade up again, I mean, those are, those are the teams that are usually involved in a lot of those conversations. And so, you know, for us as Packer fans, you know, that's where the intrigue comes from because I really have no idea what we're going to do. Are we going to trade these picks for a veteran wide receiver? Are we going to move up? Uh, I'm kind of a fan of moving back because, you know, if a, if a team is going to take a late first round flyer on one of these quarterbacks, you know, uh, Desmond Ritter from Cincinnati, I heard is getting a lot of love in the late first round. Uh, Matt Corral might be another guy, you know, could the Packers trade back and get more picks in the top 100, you know, for the, for the really football inclined people out there, top 100 picks in the NFL draft are really valuable. There's a trade value chart. Those are usually the most valuable ones. Um, and right now the Packers have five in the top 100. And if you're trading back out of the first round, out of a certain spot, it's likely that you're going to pick up two more. So, you know, that's a great way to build a football team with cheap, controllable talent, uh, you know, for the years ahead. And I think the Packers are going to need that. We know based on your expertise off of last season, um, your first round projection mock guy is going to be locked in. We don't need a name right now because we know you need to do a little bit more research. But well, well hold on. Here, here's here's another. You know that uh, don't put me you know on the spot there. But so here's another thing I was looking up. Let's let's have a little fun with this. So uh, I looked up you know NFL draft day trades for the past couple of years, and I just want you to tell me who you think won these trades, just really quick. I just want to touch on just a couple. So uh, last year, the 49ers moved up to three. They selected Trey Lance. So they got the number three pick. And Miami uh, received their number 12 pick. 
the Niners pick 12. They got a 2022 first round pick this year. They got another third round pick in this year's draft, and they got a 2023 first round pick. So yeah, it's hard. It's hard to say because Trey Lance hasn't played. Yeah, it's right. It's hard too, to know, but too early. Right, but so let, let me just bring up some other ones that uh, you know the Packers could be in range for. So also last year, the New York Jets traded up with the Vikings. The Jets at 14 took Elijah Vera Tucker, the old lineman who had a great rookie season. You know, he was healthy, uh, was a pretty highly rated offensive lineman. Uh, and they also got a fourth round pick. And then the Vikings moved back to 23 and they took Christian Derrissaw. They picked up a third rounder. They took quarterback Kellen Mond. And then their other third rounder was uh, guard Wyatt Davis uh, at pick 86. So, Derisaw, I mean, we're in the same division as Minnesota, and I don't recall hearing too much about him. So, you know, for example, the Jets move up there and get a guy who's really good, impactful on their team. I know they're the Jets, but, you know, these are the type of moves that, you know, I think the Packers are kind of in the ballpark for. Um, so I'm just, you know, super excited. I mean, there's so many trades. I was looking these up. It's super fun. Uh, last year, the Broncos moved up. Uh, to pick number 35, and uh, they selected Javante Williams, who was a stud on my fantasy team, uh, and it, they got that pick uh, from the Falcons, who moved back five spots uh, and took a defensive back, who I looked only played seven games for that. So, you know, the Packers are in a pretty good spot, probably the biggest trade in the past couple years. I got this on my notes here in 2020. So not last year, the year before uh, the Colts traded up in the second round. Uh, the Colts moved from 44 to 41. They traded with the Cleveland Browns and they selected Jonathan Taylor at 41. And the Browns got Grant Delpit, a safety, and they got another fifth rounder. They took a center out of Washington who has not played a snap yet for them. I like looking up this stuff, got a lot of research. I actually had like five other trades written down. You know, the only one that the Packers were involved in uh, 2019, well, obviously the Jordan Love trade, you know, we haven't seen how that shakes out, but uh, in 2019, the Packers, let me pull it up right here. Uh, the Packers traded up to number 21. Uh, they selected Darnell Savage and the Seahawks got our pick number 30. They also got a fourth rounder, number 114, and number 118, uh, both of those fourth rounders. And the Seahawks actually ended up trading all of those picks. They traded the first round pick to the Giants. They traded number four, 114 to Minnesota. And then they uh, traded number 118 to New England. I am really hopeful that the Packers can be involved in some trades, gather more picks, and take some more chances on some more players. And we'll be back in a few weeks to describe what's all going to happen. Looking forward to it.